You're listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 29. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. All right, hello and welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here with the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast. Session number 29, Seven Things I Learned in 2014. And let me paint a bit of a picture for you right now, because this may be one of my most personal podcast sessions that I've done so far. And to set the stage right, I'm sitting here in my office. Uh, I'm actually sitting in the chair my clients sit in, and lighting is the way it usually is during the sessions. I have some little lights in the room, and I kick the fluorescence off once the session begins. I like a nice transition in that process. And for the most part today, uh, I have prepared the least amount of notes that I ever have before for one of these programs. I've just got seven bullet points here in front of me. I'm sitting here with my lemon zinger herbal tea, which is quite good, but also pissing me off in a wonderful, fun way on a bit of a health kick. And whenever I basically refocus myself on eating right and exercising, anything beyond one cup of coffee, and I just get jittery as hell. So I like coffee too. And I've got a side with uh, a line David Letterman once said when he, after he went through his uh, heart surgery, when he switched to decaf coffee, and he called it useless warm brown water. Um, and that line has always stuck with me. So this morning, it's tea and full of energy. Right now, it's about eight in the morning here at the office, came in a little early to record this program. This is seven things I learned in 2014, which admittedly, as I'm looking at the list right now, these are many things that perhaps I knew before, but let's perhaps say that I began to appreciate these even more. Uh, I'm going to do this all in one take, no editing. Here we go. Let's jump in. Seven things I learned in 2014. The first one is sort of a bigger picture concept. Expand your reach for good. And a couple of things I'd say fall into this for me in 2014. When we talk about expanding our businesses, our personalities, our sort of awareness of who we are, building a name, building a voice within a profession, there are many people who would do it for their own personal gains. And admittedly, I mean, the more I've expanded the knowledge of who I am and what I do, the numbers of my business have reflected that. Yet at the same time, it's kind of going back to the mindset that I had years ago when I first opened up Virginia Hypnosis, and I packed a schedule quickly by way of network marketing. I was there at the Chamber of Commerce. I was there at the BNI meeting to represent hypnosis professionally. And my phrase wasn't by accident. That got me a lot of clients. So that's been my trend in the last year by expanding the knowledge of sort of my take on how we can improve some hypnosis techniques and approaches, uh, a lot of the business information that I've shared, by doing it for the purpose of seeing everyone else succeed. That has benefited me greater than doing it 100% for my own gains. You know, I have some stuff out there. If I charged for most of the stuff you can get from me for free, I'd be doing much better, of course. Yet again, that phrase, expanding your reach for good, and that kind of came to a high point, I'd say in December uh, 2014, I did a webinar presentation called 12 Ways to Grow Your Hypnosis Business, which I took a bit of a risk on it because I charged a $5 registration fee. 
um, all of which I donated to Toys for Tots. And then shooting the video, I suddenly heard myself say, and I'm going to match it as well. So we did that webinar presentation. About 160 people signed up for that by the time it was over with. Um, so there was the great joy of there we were a couple of weeks before the holidays and processing the donation over there to Toys for Tots for about $1,600, uh, which that's something I'm definitely planning to do more of in 2015. Just again, expanding that reach for good. So, you know, perhaps I didn't plan on this, but let's look for an action step within each one of these points that I'm going to share with you today. What is it that you can do to expand your reach for good in the coming year. And I'm a big proponent, of course, of World Hypnotism Day. What Tom Nicoli did by launching that, uh, at this point, I believe 10 or 11 years ago, is fantastic. Yet, why should we focus on just that one specific day? Uh, I, I cracked the joke a few days ago of, every day is World Hypnotism Day for me. And I didn't mean that in a cocky way. I meant that in a positive way. As we're getting results with our clients as stage hypnotists doing a good ethical presentation, that's again expanding our reach for good. So plant that as a seed for the coming year. Uh, number two, again, uh, these are things I learned in 2014, or better yet, things I grew to appreciate even better. I'll phrase it this way, there's growing pains in growth. And there's a subcategory of this, of building a team for your success. What What's interesting is that as I began to do more projects in 2014, whether it's video presentations, whether it's products, whether it's appearing at conferences, uh, I offered more classes in 2014 than I ever had before, got some amazing opportunities. Yet within that, it's a bit of a growing pain to take on all that extra responsibility. And there's a magical thing that occurs, which is, I'd say, both very, very good and a little challenging which is the fact that as more people know of you, um, there's more people who have opinions of it as well. So it's that knowledge of taking on what information is the most important. Uh, there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be the armchair philosophers within any profession. Um, and it's choosing which information is the most important to you, I'd say. So does it mean growing a bit of a thick skin at times? Well, perhaps it does. But also, of course, taking on that knowledge, taking on that criticism, taking on that statement, and looking for the inner truth inside of that statement. Um, I would say the next statement um, in a very positive way. And I'm, and I'm sad to say this. There are just some downright horrible people out there. There are. There are some whose only pleasure comes from cutting others down and criticizing. So that's something that I did become more aware of in 2014, unfortunately. Um, and perhaps some of that within myself too, and getting rid of that, you know, uh, expelling that, detoxing that out of me, uh, which is why one of the last points here is specifically all about that. But back to me personally, growing pains and growth. To take on the responsibility of so many different things, whether it's a product, whether it's private groups, whether it's trainings, it's something to be aware of as you grow and to look at exactly what is it that you can do to make this all work better for you. And at one point, my phrase was, you can't do it all yourself, so you might as well do it all yourself. And let me take this opportunity now to perhaps update that. 
you can't do it all yourself. So you might as well learn how to build that team so it's easier to do it all yourself, uh, which is the subcategory of number two here, which would be build a team for your success. And a lot of my focus in 2014 has been on building that team. Now, what you've perhaps heard me speak of before, and let me clarify a little bit better here, is that building a team doesn't necessarily mean hiring that one person who can do everything that you need them to do. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Chris Ducker, and I love a line that I heard him say, if you could really find someone who could do everything it is that you need them to do just as well as you can, chances are they're already your competition. And, and I like that phrase. So instead, I've become that virtual team where I have several designers that I'm working with. I have several uh, remote technicians that do projects for me. And I mean, I even expand that team to uh, some of the regular business type things that we'd have to deal with. In 2014, for the first time, I hired a bookkeeper. Um, I used to be, to use my quote, very horny about the numbers. I, I'd like to track things and see percentages and track all the reports at the end of the year. And the simple realization was that I can do that stuff just as well when someone else is doing that for me. So then came Francesca, and she's fantastic. She's my bookkeeper. She was a lifesaver this year. And all of a sudden, I know that is taken care of. She's doing a fabulous job, and I don't have to touch it. It's the benefit of being a business that mostly accepts credit cards and purchases with credit cards. That stuff automatically goes into the QuickBooks. She sorts it out for me. She sends me questions, and then it's all taken care of. Then it all passes over to my accountant, and then we're good from there. Uh, expanding the team for your success. Realizing as well that to become dependent upon just one person can put you in a bit of a corner. I have a fabulous designer, uh, Zach, who designed WorksmartHypnosis.com for me. Yet he's someone that doesn't work just for me, and I'm okay with that. And as we're working on a project, I then have other things that perhaps may be in the works. So now there's Steve, who's out in Arizona, and he's doing some programming behind the scenes for me. Um, I'm completely okay with out international outsourcing, and I've got a couple of gentlemen either in India or Pakistan or Bangladesh who are doing some very specific tasks for me, which I'd simply reference plugging in some of these resources into a service like Odesk. Those were the most qualified people that I found, and they're doing a fabulous job. So spreading out your reach in terms of your own team, that's something that I'm going to be doing more of into 2015. And I'm going to say a statement right now, which terrifies me which is that this session is the last podcast session that I'm going to edit myself. And it's a small amount of time. Um, the post-production on these things is maybe only about 15 to 20 minutes to edit the audio, to plug it into the intros and the outro, and then post it to the website. Yet that's something that I've set a goal within the next seven days. I'm going to find someone else to do that for me. So it's scary. It's challenging. Yet it's exhilarating because my skill is producing content. My skill is working with my clients. And the more I can take all these extraneous things and pass those off to others, which I'd give you a quick growing pains note on that, recognize that it takes time to train somebody. You know, 
people are doing their best. They want to do a good job for you because when they do a good job for you, you hire them back. So recognize that the person you hire will not do the job flawlessly from day one. So it takes training. Same way as that it took time for all of us to learn hypnosis as well. Which leads into number three, things that I learned in 2014. Embrace the unknown. And that may be this wonderful sort of generic statement, um, but it's something that I'm noticing as I have conversations with other hypnotists, as I have conversations even with some of my friends and family and some of my students as well. It's kind of a funny thing that there's this fear of doing things new. And I'd reference it this way. There are some big projects that I have planned in 2015. And it only hit me in the last couple of days, actually yesterday, uh, as a former student and client was here for a session, where I was talking about some new goals that I've got for 2015. And all of a sudden, there was a flash of fear I saw in this person. And they asked me, well, you're still going to teach classes, right? You're, you're still going to see sessions, right? And the answer to that is, of course I am. It's that benefit of building a business that's based on systems. It's that benefit of building your, your practice in a way that runs itself. I, I'm proud to say that at this point, I have a $0 advertising budget for Virginia Hypnosis. Now, let me clarify that. $0 advertising budget. Now, operating cost, of course, that costs me money. I've got a 1,200-square-foot space here, which the rent is about $1,800. Uh, I am a big, big user of advanced uh, automation systems. I'm a huge fan of Infusionsoft, and that runs me about $300 a month. Uh, any of the videos you watch from me are hosted on Wistia, which is a private video hosting company. My podcast is hosted on a company called Libsyn, and that's like 15 bucks a month. So to keep the business running, of course, costs some money. Yet the Virginia Hypnosis bringing in clients advertising budget is zero right now because I've built a business that runs itself. It gets found on, on Google searches organically now. Uh, I don't have a day that passes these days without a client who's here by way of referral. So the phone is ringing and I'm not doing anything new to make that happen, which allows me now to focus on new projects. And admittedly, if there was a moment where the Virginia hypnosis business started to drop, I just run the systems again. I go out, I do network marketing, I perhaps run some Google AdWords ads, and there's some premises I'm wanting to play with with some Facebook strategies. Uh, but again, right now, I get to play with the house's money on some new projects. But specifically, back to this point of embracing the unknown, whenever I've talked about new projects... I've sensed this bit of fear in people around me about, well, you're still going to do the old stuff, right? And again, the answer is absolutely. The answer is absolutely. But again, by building up Virginia hypnosis in an automated way, I get to spend my time playing elsewhere, which is a great place to be. And I say this for you because when you do that, all of a sudden, if a new project doesn't quite hit, okay. You know, it's not a make-or-break moment. If a new project doesn't quite take off, and admittedly, there are some things that I did in 2014 that launched in July, and if I took on the experience of what happened in July and August 
and went, well, that didn't work and moved on, um, I wouldn't have had the success that I had in 2014. It really wasn't until November, December, and even into this month now that something that I produced is now actually working quite well for me. So, you know, it's the phrase of finding the right strategy to make something work rather than just simply saying that doesn't work at all. So how do you take your abilities and make something work better? So leading from embracing the unknown, let's move into number four here, expand your circle of influence. I've got an interesting perspective on this because I've had the wonderful fortune in 2014 to reach out to brand new audiences, to reach out to brand new groups of people. I'm a huge proponent of organizations and proud to be speaking at the NGH convention once again, proud to be invited back to um, the HypnoThoughts convention. I've done the HypnoBirthing Conclave for a few years in a row now. And uh, back in, when was that? That was that October or November, the Mid-America Hypnosis Conference. And what's great about expanding the circle of influence is reaching out to people that otherwise I would not have met. We, we should not practice, we should not learn within a bubble. I, I say this because there are some schools of thought in hypnosis, some specific trainers, that wants you to believe that their way is the only way. And again, I, I point back to Michael Elner, who's been on this program before, and I heard him say this to me as well. Learn from people who disagree with each other. Learn from people who have differing opinions. I would say this, there's not just one way to do hypnosis. I'd reference this, you know, the, the way that I work with a client. Let's say I've got a client here for pain relief. And I may be dipping into a style of Michael Elner. I may be dipping into a style of Ron Esslinger. I may be dipping into a style of things I've heard Seth Deborah Roth talk about. I may be dipping into a style of Scott Sandlin. I may be dipping into my own personal style as well. Which is the right approach? They all are. It's a matter of who is in front of you in that moment and what do they need. And, and this truly is that benefit of expanding your own circle of influence. And I want to keep it all positive here, but I will make this statement. Beware of a wolf in sheep's clothing. There are some folks out there that it's all about their own personal gain. Um, so beware of looking for that person who's, you know, looking for their own benefit by reaching out to you. And I, I've definitely experienced that in 2014 and focusing my energy where it ought to be now. So expanding your circle of influence, learn from people who disagree with each other to benefit from all of this. And I've had the good fortune, the wonderful benefit of great moments where the phone rang and it's someone that I did not yet know, yet I knew their name and friendships developing out of that. Uh, and some of the most unlikely of characters and getting to know these people as well and interacting with them. It, it's just this fascinating experience of there's so much out there. So to shut ourselves off, and I'll make a statement here. Um, I'm of the mindset that we should be working to improve each other. We're of the mindset to uh, build bridges and build connections. So there's a lot of conventions out there. There's a lot of opportunities out there, and I'd rather change the conversation to what do we need to do to make us all so much more successful, so much more effective 
in our practices, in our businesses, and our results with clients that we now shift the conversation to become, we can't afford to not go to everything. We can't afford to not learn from everybody. There's so much wonderful information out there. You know, to spend time even with someone who perhaps is growing as a trainer and um, maybe saying things with a little bit too much confidence at an early stage. If uh, I say it this way, anybody who's sat down and worked with clients has their own personal experience to share. And your own personal experience allows you to filter through that as well, to take what's worth taking on and perhaps excuse the other things that are still in the growing process. Which leads into number five of things I learned in 2014, model success. This is something that, of course, sounds very familiar to most of you. It's one of the biggest tenets of all things neurolinguistic programming. Uh, but I even point this out. Hypnosis uh, is a process of modeling success. What is it that we're doing with our process? We're taking techniques that we already know are effective, and we're making them even more effective by doing them in hypnosis. You know, we're taking things like creative visualization, and by doing that in hypnosis, it works better. I had an amazing experience years ago taking the parts therapy training with Roy Hunter and sitting next to Dr. Bruce Eimer at that training. And I mean, again, people from different organizations coming together at this event, which was at the NGH convention, I think 2012, I believe, if I'm thinking right, right? Um, and it's this experience where here's this process. It, it's nothing new. It's something that has been around in therapeutic models for years, yet the work that Roy Hunter has done based on the late Charles Tebbets of breaking that process down into a series of simplified steps and that advancement of making it a collaborative process where you're uh, working with the two parts rather than telling the parts what to do. It's a great advancement. And the offhand remark that here's a process that used to take several months to run a client through now can simply take maybe just one session or two. Some may take longer, of course. So we're expert modelers in hypnosis. So find that person who can serve as your mentor. And I'm okay of the, quote, servant of many masters. Um, this kind of goes back to that circle of influence comment. I think one of the biggest flaws that can be out there in training is when all of the trainer's students point back to the trainer and they have not yet replicated that success for themselves. And that's a problem. When everyone's sitting at the feet of the master and no one else has risen to reach that point as well. Uh, so I, I'd reference there's a website I'm in the process of getting built out specifically for my training. And there's going to be a page entirely devoted to my students who have gone out there and opened up a business as a result of it. Yes, of course, that benefits me. But more importantly, that's going to benefit them as well to show that this is what they're doing. This is Raquel, who just had a wonderful ribbon cutting ceremony with the Chamber of Commerce. Here's Linda, who got a great article for uh, World Hypnotism Day. Um, here's Kendrick, who's founded a new uh, organization using hypnosis, and everybody else as well, so many, you know, to point out what they've done. But modeling success also goes into our own business as well. I had a student reach out to me with a question about something she was doing with her business that admittedly was just kind of shotgunning money at something and producing no results. 
So pointing to some of the resources that I've learned from over the years to say, do what they're doing, which I'd point out is something where perhaps you need to kind of narrow that focus, put on those blinders like a horse and follow a specific plan of excellence from start to finish. There was a moment where I was launching a a program in a very specific way and a family member was there. I was showing them what I was doing and chiming in with a bunch of advice in terms of, oh, I think this would work better. I think this would work better. And it took a little bit of restraint just to politely hold back and just go, okay, okay, and just let it go in one ear out the other in a very positive way because otherwise I was dabbling. Otherwise I was just playing. So instead... I had a specific program, a specific uh, system that I was going to follow to do something and to do it right, follow that exact system. Then from there, develop my own flavor of doing it. So if you're doing new things in 2015, my best advice is find someone who has done what you've done and model what they do. So the last two perhaps are the most personal. Uh, Number six Pay yourself first. If you've ever spent any time listening to people like, um, oh, what are their names? Uh, Jim Cramer, the guy, I don't know if Mad Money is still on, if that was what it was called. Um, any of these money gurus, um, what's the get out of debt guy? Um, their names are blanking for me right now. But anyone who goes on TV or radio and talks about um, getting out of debt, investing, the phrase they always use is pay yourself first. And the premise is that we're always going to have taxes, we're always going to have liabilities, but to take the time to pay ourselves first, to put money away in savings, in a retirement account, to put money away for our kids, that's what they mean by pay yourself first. If you live as if perhaps 5 or 10% doesn't exist to you, that you're not allowed to spend it, somehow you still end up making ends meet. And I say pay yourself first, not just for the financial side of things, but more for the personal side of things. So you've heard me reference my family many times before, and that is my biggest focus. Um, That's what installed the rule that I am not here at my office unless I'm producing content or I'm getting paid to see clients. So it meant that I eliminated the live consultation from my business model years ago. Uh, Great, we do that over the phone. What would you like to work on? And that's a little transition that I made that I did with very little challenge. Um... It also means taking time to focus just on family. Uh, I made a transition when I moved my office to where it is now about two years ago, and that is I invested money in a landline. Uh, My cell phone used to be my business, and now my landline is my business. And there is wonderful freedom that comes from putting up the voicemail that simply says, Hey, we're away for the holidays, uh, so calls will be returned with the next, within the next three to five working business days. So, and I say this, and this is where it gets kind of personal for a moment. Um, I come from a family on my side of the family where everyone was self-employed. So my grandfather was a jeweler. I have an uncle who owns uh, several pawn shops. My parents are wedding photographers. And they've all built businesses. My brother is a commercial photographer. They've all built businesses where it very much requires they be there for the business to run. And I see that as a challenge for a lot of hypnotists. And it's something that I discovered in 2014 to really hit hard. 
Um, and I say this having family members that the phone would ring even at the table of like, you know, holiday meals like Thanksgiving dinner or 4th of July. And the mindset was there unless they took that call, the money wasn't going to exist. So, which perhaps may be a bit of a scarcity thinking, and it may also be the position that they've put themselves in because of the structure of their business. So what can we do to begin to pay ourselves first? I am, I am there for my clients, and I want you to hear that. I am there to help my clients achieve their goals. Yet at the same time, I've got to have some boundaries. So I used to be in the practice of when I leave the office, all the calls forward to my cell phone. I don't do that anymore. When I leave the office, the calls still ring at the office. And when I get to the office the next morning, there's a bank of three or four voicemails that are waiting for me. And then I respond to those throughout the day. Uh, I have a professional voicemail that just simply says, um, in session and calls will be returned shortly, or I'm away from the office at the moment. And that's reasonable. And I say this politely, the one who's calling you at seven in the morning on a Sunday morning, maybe you got to kind of give them that time to wait for your response. Otherwise, you're training them that you're there for them. I, I, I'm going to say this comfortably. We are not in an emergency business. We are in a business of personal change. And if something truly were an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. We're not in that emergency style business. So we have the right to spend time with our families. Uh, I did something that I've never done before this year. I took about two weeks off. I came into the office once a day during the span of Christmas and New Year's. It was a nice benefit of the holidays being in the middle of the week. I took a ton of time off. I got to spend a lot of time with my kids. Uh, Claire is uh, three year, three and a half years. Max is a year and a half. And they're at those ages that just to be there is just magical. Uh, just to be there and see the development, just to be there and be a dad for them. Um, pay yourself first with your own time. So recognize the moments to take some time for yourself, which is specifically why this program, uh, this podcast took a bit of a hiatus. Um, that was a hard thing for me to do. I've got the content ready to go. I've got interviews lined up that can be done at the drop of an email or a Facebook message. But to take that time for myself, that was a magical thing that I, I grew up in a family where that was something that just wasn't done. And that's an experience I want to give my family as well. Pay yourself first. And let's kind of wrap things up here. Seven things I learned in 2014. Practice gratitude. Practice gratitude. And this kind of combines a lot of everything that I've said so far. And, you know, whether it's paying yourself first, modeling success, expanding your circle of influence and embracing the all of it, practice gratitude. Uh, there are things that I accomplished this year that I know I could not have done alone. Uh, so... There are so many people that I can name, and I'm going to mention some of them here. And by naming some, of course, that means I will leave some people out. So uh, if I do not mention you, thank you. I'll, I'll say that here. Uh, but an amazing opportunity came in 2014 where a phone call came in from Dr. Dwight Damon of the NGH. I got to work side-by-side -side with Elsa Meldridge Jr. on the Hypnotism Success Series that I did for the NGH, 
which was an incredible opportunity to, again, jump in and do something I had not done before and to play with a format of spreading information that even they haven't done before. The, the video webinar presentation followed by the live teleseminar, a great way to let people absorb the information and then follow up afterwards. Uh, I got the great opportunity to be invited to do some incredible things, um, working along with Scott Sandlin speaking at the HypnoThoughts live convention, fabulous event, of course, the GH convention as well, the invite coming from Marie Mongan, founder of HypnoBirthing, to be there teaching a course at her convention. And um, I got to out him here. Uh, and I, I embarrassed him a few times as well. Uh, Kyle, her grandson, who officially was the first hypnobirthing baby uh, attending my course. That was a real treat. And of course, everyone nerding out that he was there as well. And great guy. Um, you're going to see great things from him in the future. Um, I've had students where colleges paid for them to come take my class. I got invited to conventions that uh, were just fabulous to do. All the feedback that I've received from programs that I've put out there, um, you know, from, um, from this podcast as well, and even some of those moments that perhaps might have been a little uncomfortable. Uh, I'll, I'll say it politely. We all occasionally get to a moment where we need a polite little bit of a slap in the right direction to refocus ourselves. Um, I, I think it's a Will Horton line I heard him say and had some fabulous conversations with Will this year um, where I heard him say that the problem is sometimes in this profession, people start to believe in what they say a little too much. Um, you know, we're all human. None of us are perfect. And to have that gratitude towards these people, um, some great conversations with Scott Giles, which helped to push things in a slightly different direction for me. Um, a big thank you to Richard Nongard, who uh, on his own reached out to me after I posted something on Facebook and um, completely shifted the direction in terms of how I release information out there. So you're hearing names from all over here. You're hearing names from all different backgrounds. Um, that, that's been an amazing experience, uh, you know, to sit down with people like Zolita Grant and just have conversations. That's, that's the reason that I launched this podcast, to expand that reach, to reach out and contact people that um, are doing things that are just so unique and I'm fascinated by. It's an excuse. I, I, I learned this phrase maybe in 2013. The very first time I hosted a guest training here at my office was Inez Simpson. Tim Horn, a local hypnotist, uh, reached out to me that he wanted to partner with me to host Inez Simpson. And it was a fabulous event. And it became a great opportunity to basically have a little bit of a mini convention. And it developed the trend of uh, basically having an excuse to hang out with people that I like. So we brought Inez back in 2000, I brought Inez back, well, Tim and I brought Inez back in 2014. Um, and again, there, there's another person that just more of us should know about the amazing work that she's done. And just to practice that gratitude, you know, we stand on the shoulders of people that we've learned from. We stand on the experiences of everything that we've come from. So I don't want to be that person that dismisses my background. I don't want to be that person who dismisses 
uh, where I've come from. Because again, we're all the result of what we've learned. So I, I hope you've found some benefit. I hope you've had your own little epiphanies throughout this as well. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Uh, these are seven things that I learned in 2014 that uh, are going to begin to expand and enrich everything that occurs in the coming year. And looking forward to even bigger projects, even greater opportunities as well. Again, share your feedback. Leave your uh, comments on the Work Smart Hypnosis website uh, along with this uh, program that I'm sharing with you here today. And just reach out to me as well. Shoot me an email. I'm Jason. I'm in Virginia, and I do hypnosis. So my email address is very easy. I'm Jason at VirginiaHypnosis.com. Or just simply find me on Facebook. And let me spell my last name for you because it gets butchered easily. Lynette is spelled with one N and two Ts. No E at the end. L-I-N-E-T-T. Just track me down on there. And uh, feel free to just shoot me a message there. Thanks so much for listening. A little bit longer, a little bit more personal of a program. Uh, I've got a client showing up in about 25 minutes. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.